Hello and welcome to the Teen Christian View podcast. My name is No Nichols and I'm joined as always by my co-host Kessler Burlingame. How are you doing today, Kessler? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good as well. And um, we're going to skip the introduction, the rest of the introduction that I normally do, telling you the followers and the listens and things like that. We're just going to get straight into the episode. Um, I'm pleased to be joined today by Karina. She's a pro-life activist um, at her school, and she's trying to constantly um, speak out about um, against abortion. And um, I just want to say thank you, Karina, for joining the show. And if you can uh, explain some of what you do to our audience. Um, uh, yeah, so thank you guys again for having me on. Um, like you said, I'm Karina. Um, I'm a pro-life activist. I'm kind of repeating what he said. Obviously, I'm a Christian to want to be on this podcast, evangelical Christian to be exact. And you can basically find me doing anything pro-life related. I lead the pro-life club at my school. I talk to women outside of abortion facilities to um, convince them to choose life. I volunteer with the pro-life pregnancy center and basically do any other pro-life work that needs me and I can get involved in. Yeah, that's that's really cool. It's a lot of amazing stuff that you're doing. Um, yeah. And if you want to, do you mind explaining like why you do it, why you're so passionate about standing up and against uh, abortion? Sure. Well, I was raised in a pro-life Christian household, but I mean, I've always been pro-life, but I wasn't super passionate about it until I saw the pro-life movie Unplanned, um, which I don't know if you've seen it, but it's the story of a former Planned Parenthood worker and how she left after seeing what abortion truly is. And that movie is a really heartbreaking movie. It's obviously happy at the end when she leaves, but it hit Mm -hmm. me so hard that just a couple of months after I saw it, I knew I had to join the pro-life club at my school. And just a little bit after that, it became the leader and was kind of thrown into the pro-life movement. And I became super passionate. That's really awesome. That's really cool. Um, and because I don't know if you've seen that movie. I have not, but I've heard a lot of really good reviews about it. I believe yeah. my mom's seen it. So I do recommend people to go and watch that movie. I think it's a really great movie. And it's free on Amazon Prime if you have that. So I yeah. really recommend it. It's so good. Uh, so Karina, we're going to start off with a few questions. The first one I have for you is, uh, what does the Bible say about abortion? Sure. So even if, um, the Bible doesn't directly use the word abortion, there are a lot of pro-life messages in it. The main reason why killing a human is wrong is because we're made in the image of God. Like it says, like at the beginning of time, it says in Genesis 1 26, God made humans in his image. Meaning as long as someone is human, they are made in the image of God. And a human doesn't have to be in like a certain location, like outside or inside the womb, in order to be made in the image of God. A human is a human, and a human is made in the image of God. Um, And everyone knows the 10th commandment, or not 10th commandment, 6th commandment, thou shalt not kill, Mm -hmm. which is basically don't take a human life unjustly. So um, in Psalms, it, David says, you knitted me together in my mother's womb, which really shows God was invested in this child before he was born. He had his hand on him and was involved in creating him at that point. And a lot of people don't really think this through because we celebrate Christmas because of Jesus' birth. But Jesus uh-huh. didn't come into this world as a newborn in this stable. He came into the world as an embryo, um, a.k.a. an unborn child. Um, When that angel came to Mary and she became pregnant with Jesus, that's when he came into the world. Um, Mm -hmm. So if it were wrong to kill the son of God in Mary's womb, why would it be okay to kill someone made in the image of God in someone else's womb? 
Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I think that kind of leads in. I, I see a lot of people today like to call a unborn baby a fetus because I think because um, we talked about this in our previous episode. Dehumanizes them. Yeah, it, it makes it easier to kill because you you don't think of it as a human. Um, and that kind of leads into our next question, which is um, why do you think Christians need to care about abortion? Sure. Well, we need to stand up and um, just speak out against abortion like we need to stand up against every other sin. Approximately one million unborn babies in America alone are killed each year by abortion. And this is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, genocide in human history. I mean, mm-hmm. you see, like, in the Holocaust, they dehumanized Jews in the 1800s mm-hmm. when slavery was legal. They dehumanized African-American people. Now we're dehumanizing the unborn. Um, and like it says in Proverbs 24:11, rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. And those unborn babies are really literally being led away to death when the mother walks into that abortion clinic and that mother is staggering towards slaughter walking into that abortion clinic so i don't think that verse could get any more clear um Mm -hmm. and i know a lot of christians will say abortion is wrong just kind of um say it once in a while but not really get involved but it's so easy to turn a blind eye to something you can't see um i always like to say if the bodies of the killed children were on the news every day, then Christians would be so loud about abortion. But because they yeah, happen yeah. between behind the closed doors and the children are placed in a biohazard bin, it's a lot easier to be quiet about it because you can't see it. But it mm-hmm. still happens whether or not you choose to acknowledge it. Yeah, that's a really great point. And I think our media does a great job, sadly, of not... Um, expounding on the atrocities atrocities of abortion and they don't talk about it. They mm-hmm. treat it as a good thing. And so you don't basically ever hear about it. Um, and if you do hear about it, it's supposed to be a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's really not. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really sad thing. Um, it's terrible. Kessler, yeah. I think that kind of leads into Kessler's next question. Um, yeah. Uh, so Karina, are there any Uh, other trustworthy sources that we could look to besides the Bible that talk about abortion? Yeah, so as people say, all truth is God's truth, meaning that all the processes that have been proved 100% true by science have been designed and put in place by God himself. So it's not wrong to use facts outside of the Bible to back up your pro-life position, because human life begins at conception. That's what it shows in the Bible. And God created human life to begin at conception, and that's science. Um, and basic biology proves that the life begins at conception. That isn't a matter of opinion. Mm-hmm. Some people like to say it begins at the heartbeat, 21 days from conception. It begins when they can feel pain about, I think, 19 weeks or so. It begins mm-hmm. at viability when the baby could survive outside of the womb, which is about, I think, 21 weeks, six days or so. Or they say, I've heard people argue that life begins at birth and people are really getting extreme on it. But the fact yeah. is that they're, they're completely ignoring the science of embryology. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are, hey, this is, I don't even understand how it's being pushed, but I think in States like New York, um, abortion after birth is being pushed. I believe I may be getting that wrong, but it's something it's, it's either. It's in, definitely talked about. I yeah. Know. 
it's yeah it's something like um unless they're completely out of the womb you can uh you can abort them at that moment and i i don't understand that i mean that if you don't believe that abortion in the womb is murder then abortion out of the womb is 100 percent murder and um one of the reasons i like uh, my dad explained this to me and i like to think about it this way and he said um why does a difference in space determine the value or the validity of somebody's life because it's a distance of what two feet from a baby being inside mm-hmm. a womb and a baby being outside of womb how does that determine whether the person that's a person or not if i get inside of a school bus am i no longer a person but as soon as i step out i am a person once again it doesn't make any sense yeah um that's and a good that's a good point no yeah um well it's not my my idea or, my well i know i know it. your dad came up with that but you know yeah yeah um credit to your dad you... though go ahead oh i was just saying credit to your dad but i was just gonna say um yeah what you're talking about in new york basically this is happening countrywide is like if babies are born alive after surviving an abortion the doctor is really not a lot of the time legally um made to provide for it they can just leave it dying there on the table so there are so many stories if you look it up of babies who could have totally survived outside the womb or been cared for and they've just been placed in a biohazard bin left to die um and this isn't really regulated places like in minnesota where i'm from it depends on the state i know there are states similar to this but abortion clinics aren't even um regulated by the department of health so they don't have to be searched and stuff and the biggest abortion clinic in my state was literally in the news for telling a woman that they would snap the baby's neck if it was born alive after the abortion. And wow. so that's wow. one that I've counseled outside of. And it's absolutely horrible. Like they kill 25 babies a day there. Um, yeah. And so this is a huge industry and they just fight against these basic standards, like giving care to a literal born child. And radical abortion um, supporters will fight for it, too, saying it's the woman's choice. Well, it's it, mm-hmm. it's not my body, my choice anymore. It's literally outside the womb, but you won't give it care. And so that's a big issue right now as well. Yeah, it's and I want to talk about the uh, my body, my choice, because um, I want to first Kessa and then Karina, I want to hear what you guys think about it as well. But when people say it's my body, mm-hmm. my choice it's kind of going back to the argument um, that I said earlier, where it's just using the space of an object determines its um, personhood because it's not your body. It's inside of you um, as speaking to a woman, but that's not your body. The baby isn't you. The baby is its separate mm-hmm. person. Um, mm-hmm. And then I want to hear Kessler and then Karina, what you guys think about that? Uh, I think I think it's stupid because, like you said, like um, at that point at conception, um, that is a it is a new being. It may be inside of you, but that is a person that will grow it as a baby that will grow into a person. And people just say, "Oh, my body, my choice," just to justify doing it. But I, I just think it's a terrible thing. Yeah. Yeah, the abortion industry really likes grabbing on to these um, quotes that people love to say, and mm-hmm. that's why. If you try to have a conversation with a pro-choicer, the pro-abortion person, they'll often just resort back to my body, my choice. 
And sometimes you ask them, are you okay with nine-month abortions? Because these are happening. Late-term abortions are happening in Mm -hmm. the U.S., about 10,000 each year of late-term abortions. Um, And they'll be uncomfortable with it. But some people will go so far as to say, still my body, my choice, when they're nine months pregnant. And I've heard, um, I believe, I'm not exactly sure which organization um, made this, but there's the um, SLED acronym which is all the differences people use to justify abortion, which could also be used to justify killing born people. So sled, Mm. S, size. They'll say, well, it's only the size of my pinky finger or whatever. It's like, well, newborns are smaller than adults. Size Mm -hmm. shouldn't matter. Size shouldn't determine how valuable you are. L Mm -hmm. is level of development. People will say, well, it's not completely developed in the womb. Well, like females aren't completely developed in their brain until 26, I believe. And men, it's like in the 30s. So obviously they're not Mm -hmm. completely developed yet. So a toddler is not less valuable than an adult. They still have the same value, even though the toddler is still developing. Mm -hmm. And Um, you could say that same thing about uh, um, people who have like, disabilities and things like that well they yeah. weren't fully developed so should we just kill them should i just somebody's in the wheelchair i should just shoot him because well he wasn't fully developed it's okay yeah yeah and then moving into what you were kind of saying with a person in a bus or whatever environment that's where you are you don't gain personhood or humanity just because you're i believe it's six inches from the birth canal um from mm-hmm. the womb to outside that doesn't just because of where you are doesn't determine how much your value is worth. And then, like yeah. you said, like people with disabilities, last letter, D, dependency. Um, they'll say, well, it can't live without the mother. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, some people can't live without a ventilator. Just because they mm-hmm. can't self-sustain doesn't mean that they're less of a person. They're less yeah. developed. If you put a newborn in the house alone, it won't be able to find food or live on its own. It's dependent on its mother, whoever's caring for it. Yeah. So that's not an argument at all to justify killing a literal human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good, really good point. Um, I think Kessler, our, our final question. Well, real quick, before we get to um, Kessler's, because he has a final question. Do you oh, think... I thought, we had, I thought we had two more. We have two? Maybe we do. Um but do you think it would be appropriate to describe what exactly happens when a baby is aborted? Or do you think that might be a little too graphic? Because I, I know it can be um, extremely sure. well, horrible. I, yeah, I think I could probably describe it as not super graphic terms. But if people are um, going to be triggered by that, I'm sure they can kind of skip to a, the, a little later in the episode. But I do think it yeah. is important to understand how it works. So well, if you've seen if you've seen our older videos, we've triggered a lot of people probably, so I think it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and real quick, the reason that we want to do this is not so that we can trigger people, not so that we um can like because we just want to explain things graphically. It's because we want to give you an idea of how disgusting and how evil how terrible this is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are different types of abortions and how they do different ones. The earliest one, or one of the earliest ones, is the abortion pill. And it's two different pills. 
the first pill um, deprives a child of the vital hormone progesterone, which helps it stay alive. And so it basically starves it to death. Um, and then the second pill called misoprostol causes early labor. So the mother will expel the dead child from the womb. And this usually happens up until around 10 weeks um, after conception, they'll give this abortion pill. Um, and a big amount of the time, large amount of the time, the mother will expel the dead baby in the toilet alone. So this mm-hmm. is not done at a clinic. It'll often be super painful. She'll have terrible cramps, lots of bleeding. A lot of women have bleeding for like 30 days. And one in 12 women will require hospitalization. I believe that's the stat. Don't completely quote me. One in 12 women will require hospitalization after having the abortion pill because oftentimes um, it won't fully complete and some of the baby's parts will be left inside of her or they'll have to do a different type of abortion because the baby somehow survives. And there are born alive um, abortion survivors who have survived this abortion pill. And I do want to mention that for anyone listening, if there's anyone considering abortion or who has taken the first abortion pill, if you act fast enough, you actually can reverse the first abortion pill. So if you go to, I believe it, you can just Google abortion pill reversal and there is a kind of pill you can take that gives you progesterone and there have been many babies saved from this. So I just kind of wanted to add that. Um, And then another type of abortion, I believe this might be the most common one. Um, It's used in the first trimester, um, and it's called a D&E abortion, or I'm sorry, second trimester. And it's basically used, they use a sofa clamp, which is kind of like tongs and a curette Mm -hmm. blade. Um, And this is used to dismember and extract the baby from the uterus. They just completely tear all the limbs off in order to take it out. Um, and then there's aspiration. I kind of did this in the wrong order. This is first trimester where they use a, a vacuum to suction the baby out. This is about yeah. one, 10 to 20 times the force of a household vacuum cleaner. So they suction Jeez. all the baby's limbs off and then they'll use a curette to scrape the lining of the uterus. Um, So that's another procedure. And then getting into the later um, term abortions, this is used. This particular one is a third trimester induction abortion, which is performed at about 25 weeks, which they use a chemical called digoxin, which is the same chemical used, I believe, to end the lives of prisoners on death row. And this um, induces a heart attack and the baby dies. And then they will induce labor for the mother in order to expel that dead child. So the baby undergoes cardiac arrest, and then the mother delivers baby stillborn. And keep in mind, babies have survived at between 21 to 22 weeks. So this is a 25-week child, which could easily survive in the NICU. So that is how more later-term abortions are done and that's pretty much the main yeah um procedures used nowadays i mean it's it's awful it's horrible they're just tearing a human apart um and i'm mm-hmm. i'm a i'm not 100 sure this is correct but i know a lot pretty much all of them like planned parenthood like to sell abortions as quick and easy and painless mm-hmm. and 
from what I know, pretty much none of the abortion options are painless. Um, and they, they, uh, uh, like the woman feels a lot of discomfort, um, but she'll also feel a huge loss. Um, yeah. and they almost never feel good after, after having one. Yeah. If there, there's almost certainly physical pain, especially with the abortion pill and late term abortions where you literally go through normal labor, it's just a dead baby, but mm-hmm. there's almost certainly, um, psychological pain. There's a syndrome called post-abortive syndrome. And it's basically kind of like a PTSD kind of syndrome. Like they can go back, they can um, feel very depressed on the anniversary date of the abortion. Women can be um, kind of uncomfortable going into situations with pregnant women and children because it reminds them of their child. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can really go into, um, they have an increased rate of suicide. And also for other things, they have increased rate of breast cancer and miscarriages due to like... um, the doctor accidentally harming the uterus and overall there's mm-hmm. just a lot of psychological damage that happens after abortion yeah because they're they're feeling the death of their child that they mm-hmm. ordered to be murdered basically yeah um all right i think kessler i think this is a great time to follow up with our um next question that you're gonna ask you have the next question oh i do yeah. Oh, I do. Whoops, my bad. <laughs> Never mind. I will follow up with this great question. Um, so, Karina, what do you think that we can, should do to stop, um, I, I want to call it the abortion movement, um, what do you think that we should do to stand up and stand out against that? Yeah, so there are many different things. Um, I work with Students for Life of America, and they lay out kind of five main strategies we use to stop abortion, because you can kind of work at it in all different ways. First, there's effective education, which is exactly what it sounds like, educating people on what abortion really is and why they should be against it. A second is industry impact. This is speaking out against the horrible abortion industry and all the bad things they do behind the scenes. Uh, Third public policy. This is supporting pro-life laws and pro-life representatives in government, you know, getting into kind of political things. Four, rapid response. This is responding quickly to fight the agenda of the pro-abortion movement when something, some big news comes out. And lastly, supportive services, which is helping people in need, especially pregnant and parenting women, so they don't feel the need to get an abortion. So all that sounds like a lot, but we all have our place. Like, it depends mm-hmm. on the person, but I mean, we can all, we don't have to tackle all of them at once. You yeah. can, can kind of work with whatever gift God gave you and you can find a place in the movement. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. And like that place could be volunteering at a police pregnancy center. Um, even just having conversations with friends who support abortion or going to a peaceful focus on peaceful um, pro-life pr- protest. And so there's, really a lot of different ways you can get involved no matter what your god-given gifts are yeah definitely Mm -hmm. um and if there's any links or anything like that that you can send me karina to to these places or whatever i will link those in the description for this episode um yeah um i was just gonna say i actually have um one or two written down a great resource is students for life hq.com you can make an account on there and then you'll get access to basically all the essential pro-life resources and information you need to get started if you're a Mm -hmm. new pro-lifer or even if you've 
been in the movement a little bit. It's super helpful. Um, and then as well as I really love the YouTube channel Live Action. They make um, all sorts of different av- videos on abortions, people who survive abortions, people who have had abortions, their stories, how to talk to the pro-choicers, the different arguments you can use. And I really love their channel. So um, mm. I would say those, those are the main places. And otherwise, um, I run a pro-life Instagram account. So you can DM me or follow me just for general information if you want to ask questions or learn more. Um, it's at um, hey, uh, Kahuna Fights for Life on Instagram. You say that one more time? Yeah, I kind of stumbled. At Karina Fights for Life, and that's on Instagram. And so yeah. I post a lot on my story, different pro life things. And so if you want to get connected, you can definitely DM me and I can help you find some ways to get more involved. Yeah, absolutely. And we really encourage you guys to go to go do that. Go follow her on Instagram. Go check out those resources she told you about. I'll be linking those if I can in the description as well. You can do the outro, guess or okay. Yeah. Well, I'll usually, edit that you, out. usually you kind of, you know. Oh well, I it. guess. Yeah, that's that's true. Hold on. You know, three. I'll edit these out. We do a lot of. Oh well, I do a lot of editing. Kessler never does any editing. Sure. I don't know how to edit. You want to do editing when you're older. I don't. Yeah, that's fair. I like to make a big deal Kessler's of it. Kessler's getting that's a bad rap. Like... <laughs> I'm being exposed right now of how I don't do yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Y'all gotta um, make an apology video. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to get some fake tears and be like, "I'm so sorry," yeah. like all those yeah. YouTubers do. All right, anyway, no, I'm it's just out. <laughs> all right, I'm um... my silence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, um, before we leave, I think uh, Karina, if you wanted to, is there one or two things that you think are really important um, that our audience should know before Kessler takes us out of this episode? Well, I guess the main thing is abortion is wrong in in just general philosophy and from the Bible. And number two is that Christians need to be involved in this. This isn't something you can turn a blind blind eye to, like I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. So get involved. Yeah, it's our responsibility as Christians to stand up for the innocent. Go ahead, Kester, yeah. sorry. No, that I just thought what she just said was really good um, okay. to take away. All right. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you haven't yet, go give our other episodes a listen. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas, DM us at TCV underscore podcast or message us in the TCV Discord. Uh, we do like receiving your questions. Uh, share us with anyone you can think can share us with anyone you think can benefit from this. Friends, family, classmates, whoever. We're on most major podcast platforms. We put out one episode a week. Uh, make sure you go follow Karina and check out those resources. Uh, we will be back next week. Peace out.